one of the things that are cool about being a student in your shoes is that you have, the, you have many opportunities to share and proclaim the gospel. Um, one of the ways that I began first time ever sharing the gospel was at my school. In, um, I was in high school freshman year when I first started to share the gospel. And I remember throughout the rest of my time growing up, even as a student, I went on a mission trip to the Philippines. And one of the places I really fell in love was the place I went to the Philippines, or not the Philippines, Brazil. But one place I loved was the Philippines. I went there over the course of about um, a full summer. I went over there to the jungles of the Philippines with about 10 other guys with an effort to share the gospel. Many of you guys know this. I've talked to you about going to the Philippines before. But one of the things I loved about it was that we would go village to village and share Jesus with people. And I remember one of my buddies on my trip, his name was Lindsey Aragorn, all right? Cool name in my opinion. And then also his buddy Clayton was with us as well. And both those guys went to this house. They said, ayo. And Ati came out and she welcomed them. And for about three or four days, they went to her house every single day, opened up the Bible and teaching about Jesus. And finally, after about four days or so, Ati finally gave her life to Jesus. She finally surrendered her life to Jesus and got saved. And about a couple more days later, we started to pack our stuff up to go to the next village. We wanted to go to the next spot to be able to share with the next group of people. And before we left, Lindsay and Clayton grabbed their stuff and went to go see Ati. And they were going to give her a little gift that they had had for her. And so they go knock on the door, Ayo. And Ati invites them into their home. And Ati says this. She says two things. She says, number one, I love you guys so much and I want to give you a gift. So she proceeds to give them a live chicken. A live chicken that we had no idea what to do with. And so for the rest of the summer, that chicken became the mascot of our team. And his name was Beans. And so Beans would uh, sit at the dinner table with us and hang out. We'd feed him our leftovers. I mean, he literally would ride on the motorcycles with us when we would travel. I mean, Beans was living his life, all right? He was living the best life possible, I think. But one of the things we loved about the mascot, Beans the Chicken, was because here's the deal. Ati didn't just give us this gift of a chicken, but this is what she said. She said, thank you so much for coming to my home. She said, if you would have never have come to my village, she said, I would have never have known the truth about Jesus. And I would have never have gotten saved. Ati was saying this in her moment of, that, of, of where she was standing. She just said, hey, thank you for coming to my home. Like because you came to my home, because you traveled this far, because you were willing to knock on my door and say, Ayo, and open the Bible and start walking through Scripture with me, because of that, my life has been changed. Tonight, we're going to look at this passage that you just memorized where Jesus tells his disciples, he says, you're going to go into all all of creation, all of the world, proclaiming the gospel. That's a big deal. The question is, Jesus, who modeled it for three years of going to village to village and telling them about the kingdom of heaven being at hand, about how they need to repent, believe and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior of life, by him going to these places and sharing, he modeled it for three years, but did the disciples Follow through. When Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father and gave them this command, did the disciples go all into the world sharing the truth of the gospel? Did they do it? If you were to read through the rest of the New Testament, not just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but if you read through Acts, the book of Acts, 
If you read through um, Romans, read through the Corinthian church and the Ephesus church and the Galatian church and the Colossian church and the list goes on. If you read through these stories, you will see that the gospel has gone further than just the city of Jerusalem. It's gone so far that it continued to go through the lives of the disciples and it's come even to this point where it's now in Memphis where we're at. Does that make sense? People have continued to take the gospel further and further and further to proclaim that Jesus has died on the cross, he's rose from the dead, and he's come to save people. He has come to take away the sins of all people. Let me ask you guys this in your circle right now. How does that affect you? What does that mean to you? There's a couple questions I want you to ask with your leaders. Two of them in particular are the first ones we're going to jump into, and that is this. What is the gospel? What is this that he says here when he says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel? What is the gospel? And then also, what are ways that you can obey Jesus' command to proclaim the gospel right where you are at? So take about three minutes with your group. I want you to discuss together what is the gospel and what are ways that you can proclaim the gospel in your current setting. Okay? Thank you, leaders. I appreciate it. Go ahead. you got about three minutes. Here's the deal. I think that when we read Scripture, we see it as so evident that the invitation to follow Jesus is also an invitation to share Jesus. That's all when Peter, when Jesus says, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. That's right. That's not just saying, hey, you're going to go catch a lot of guys out in the sea. That's not it. He's saying you're going to be fishing for the souls of men. You're going to be sharing the gospel, scattering seed, and people are going to give their lives to Jesus. The next part of this verse, it says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. See, this is very crucial for everyone in the room. I hope you get this right here. He says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. At the end of the day, everyone who hears the gospel is faced with a choice. Will you believe in faith of what the gospel gives. Let me paint a picture for you. Last year I went to um, a place in town and I got scuba certified with a couple of my buddies. And uh, scuba certified means this, I now am allowed to get like an oxygen tank on my back and put the mask and all the things on and I can go into the water and I can dive down deep and go see like the ocean and different things, right? Like that's what scuba certified does. One of the guys that was doing our certification, his name was Matt, and Matt talked about how he would go to Belize and other places like that, and he would lead night dives with sharks, okay? I don't know if any of you guys are out there, but sharks are predators in my book, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm the prey when I get in the water, you know, and I'm just thinking, I'm not necessarily being the first one to jump in the water when they're going on the night dives with sharks. And he said this, he said, sharks are docile, they're like pets, they come up to you for about an hour. You just swim with them. They're no problem. They're just, they're fun. I said, listen, dude, you can put all of the PowerPoint presentations you want with facts and stories and data and testimonies, but here's the deal. And I might say, yeah, I might believe that to be true. That's cool and stuff. I'm still not getting in the water with a school of sharks to go swimming. It's not happening, right? Anybody with me? Anybody on the same boat with me? Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah, on the same boat with me because I'm not in the water, right? Yeah, I'm telling you guys, like, like, I'm not getting in the water with the sharks. He can tell me all these things all day long. I don't believe him. And I may say, yeah, yeah, I might believe that maybe sharks won't bite me. That's fine. But 
you know where you can really tell if my faith is genuine in that? Is whether or not I jump in the water. You know? If I really believe the sharks are going to touch me, then I would get in the water. But in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't believe that with absolute faith. Many people are around Christian circles. Maybe they're on the boat because they're at church or they got a Bible at their house. Or maybe they do good things occasionally or you fill in the blank. But are you really believing and acting in faith? Have you really repented of your sins? Like really said, I don't want to do what I used to do. I want to follow Jesus. Have you really said, no, 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 I don't just believe that God is all far and distant. No, I believe that Jesus is real, that he really died on the cross. He really rose from the dead, and he really lives within my heart today. He has changed me. I'm a new creation because I've made him the Lord of my life. Have you really acted on that truth of the gospel? Have you let him change your life? Because here's what you see in the next part of this next passage. It says that all those who do not believe will be what? Condemned. Everybody say condemned. Condemned. Now that's a court word. And what it means is, is if someone were to walk up and stand before the judge and they said, you are condemned, what they're saying is that person is guilty of a punishment. They're guilty of a charge. One day, all of us are going to stand before the judge of judges, the Lord of lords and the King of kings, God himself. And he is going to be the one that's going to say, you have been saved, come into the kingdom and enjoy the pleasures forever. Or he's going to say, you are condemned, you are guilty. Go and spend eternity out of my presence in punishment and wrath. That's heavy stuff. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I just need our students to see this. Every one of you are accountable to what you do with the gospel. My hope and my prayer is that everyone in this room would say, No, I have believed. The picture of baptism that he says there, believe and be baptized, is saying, just like Jesus was, just like Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, my old life has been crucified. It has been slain and buried. And what is risen now is my new life, walking in Christ. Have you believed? Have you received? Have you repented of your sins? Everyone in the room with me right here, I want you to see this. Jesus wants to change your life. He wants to shape you and mold you into a young woman of God and a young man of God. Every one of you. Will you allow God to do that thing? Will you allow him to work in your life? I want you to take a moment in your group right now, and I want you to share with the people in your group, I want someone in your group to share about when they made the decision to follow Jesus. Someone, will someone in your group be bold enough to share their testimony of when they got saved? Take about... Uh, 60 seconds for one person to share. And then maybe other people in the circle can share about ways that Jesus changed your life now. What is the ways that God has made you a new creation? If someone in your group maybe says, hey, I don't, I don't know my story. I don't really know what it means to be a Christian. Before you leave today, you're going to have a chance to speak with your leader about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And you can talk more about him with any questions you or her about questions you might have. So someone in your group, take a moment and share your story with the group about when you first gave your life to Jesus, okay? All right, we'll come back in just a minute. 
I brought someone up with me. His name is Nicholas Minetti. Everybody say, hey, Nick. Yeah. Nick is, uh, Nick is a rock star student of ours, eighth grade now. But when, when, would, when did you get saved? How old were you? Do you remember? Um, I was 12 years old. 12 years old. And do you, know, remember where, do you remember where you were? Yeah, I was here at a mix last year. At the mix, yeah. And, uh, and tell us a little bit of your story. I know I just asked you just now on the spot. But tell us a little bit of that story. What led you want to make that decision? And anything else you want to share about that at all? So um, I came to one of the mixes, and I was just thinking, like, oh, yeah, I'm saved. I'm fine. Like, I'm going to heaven. I go to church. I'm all good. But then I was hearing Corey speaking, and he was really talking about just how just because you go to church doesn't mean you're saved. You need to really accept the Lord and know that you're a sinner. And I started thinking about that. And later that night, I just went and talked to Corey, and he really led me through the process. And that's how I got saved. Yeah, man, I remember that. It's a big night. What, are, what is, yeah, it's huge. I can give a round of applause, man. It's huge. What is, I know, I know you're 12, or you were 12, now you're what? 13. 13 now. What is one just testimony you would tell your friends of ways that Jesus, like, changed your life now? Like, you're a testimony that Jesus has worked and you're different now. Anything you want to add to that at all? Well, um, it was actually moving to Tennessee because I used to live in Connecticut, and there was no Christians there. There was almost no churches. Yeah. And then when I came here, my friends really made a difference in my life, and yeah. that was just really how I started to know the Lord. Man, that's huge. That's so good. Hey, listen, I'm proud of you, man. And, uh, man, we're proud of you. Thank you for sharing. And um, Many of you out there probably somewhat maybe like Nicholas and just want to talk more about what it means to follow Jesus. And it can be with one of our staff members, be one of your leaders. I promise your decision with Jesus is going to shape the rest of your life. I got saved when I was a young kid, and I didn't understand everything in that moment, but I knew this, that I needed a Savior. So I went and talked to my leader at seven years old and gave my life to Jesus, and I've never looked back. I hope that if anyone out there has questioned that tonight, you would do the same. For anyone out there who says, I'm already a Christian, what do I do with this verse now? God is calling you. Not, he's not just inviting you to follow Jesus. He's inviting you to share Jesus, to proclaim Jesus.